1: We are joined this afternoon with co-host Mr. Malukas, David. How are you? Welcome back from Alabama.
2: Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Thank you guys for having me as always. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Crunchy, how are you?
3: Doing good. I've actually never been to the state of Alabama, so
1: I don't know I'd if you're interested really... to
3: actually not missing anything.
1: No, I don't know if I mean they have Bucky's, I think, but other than that. Are they really missing any? Are you really missing anything down there? I don't think so. That's just uh, my Offended people. Probably. That's fine.
2: I mean, I don't know. As Alabama as a whole, I guess there's not much to do there. But the track is beautiful. Probably one of the most nicest yes. facilities. It is extremely nice. So if you just come there for the actual race, you got the museum.
1: I mean, it's, it's really cool. The museum is awesome. Museum is definitely something to check out if you go to the race there in a month or so or a month and a half whenever that is anyway let's jump right into it you had let's start let's start with testing since you know that was 48 hours ago how did barber testing go other than looking at you know the lap times that are published online
2: uh testing went really well you know at least from our side we uh there was a lot of of things that we wanted to test and we managed to get through i mean the majority of it uh, i mean we missed a, a Missed out on a couple of things. We we had a late start, I think we didn't. We only did like 30 minutes of the morning session, so it was a lot of running in the afternoon. Um, so my neck was definitely feeling it <laughs> for yeah. sure. Uh, we just kept adding more and more neck pad, but uh, but no, from the car wise, we, we managed to try everything we wanted and we kept going the right direction on trying to find time. It was kind of just playing catch up with the Penskeys, uh, they were kind of on a different level, and we just kept playing catch up. And it wasn't until I'd say like the last hour, we we kind of sort of go in the, the wrong direction. Um, and yeah, but, you know, we learned and we tried everything we wanted. So it was overall a really good test.
1: And before I, I give it to Frenchie, shout out to Frenchie for the American Auto TV suggestion that I think the three of us talked about last time. I watched the first three or four episodes sitting on Frenchie's couch Sunday morning when everybody was still asleep, and it was delightful. Hilarious. So... Go check it if anybody hasn't. But go ahead, Frenchie. They can start sponsoring us now too. Like (laughs) we we gladly
3: accept that. Yeah. Um, where does Barber rank on your your tracks? I know it kind of is one that polarizes the drivers. Some are like it's really cool for one lap, basically, because it's so high intensity and high commitment. But maybe they don't think it races as well. What's your thought on that? I mean, yeah, you kind of hit
2: it really i mean you hit the answer perfectly it's uh i love the track if it's like for a test day i mean what like to me it's like my favorite place to test just to like do laps by myself it is an amazing track to just keep going around um but from a racing standpoint yeah the racing isn't great uh it's i mean there's it's not many passing points and you're set like the majority of the lap you're trying to set them up for turn five you know that's that's kind of all it is um but track itself a lot of fun just to drive around but racing yes yeah, it's, it's not it's not the greatest
1: is it good then because like that was the first place you tested an in indycar right was that barbara or it was place? it was yes barbara was the first place i tested at. so is that good for like a young driver coming up to indycar to have their first test at a track like that where you can get some you know good flowing laps in I think so, uh,
2: especially from like a physicality standpoint, because Barber is one of the most physical races that we have on the calendar, probably the most physical. Um, So it really gave me that like shock factor of I need to go to the gym (laughs) preseason. So for for me being my first, that was definitely the the way to go It was kind of like going off with the hardest track. But I love that track. A lot of fun. Um, Ranking wise. I mean, yeah, it's it's like for sure in my top three, but from a racing standpoint, it's, it's more like on the bottom three
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's fair i think like the best race wise there was when it rained a couple years ago like that really made it pretty pretty interesting but yeah so you have Sebring, sebring at this point saint pete was two weeks ago you've got another two weeks until we're all in texas you had testing but how do you occupy a month's time kind of like off season part two again
2: yeah, you know, honestly, it's although obviously for for viewership and, you know, trying to be consistent with the schedule, it's not great and it makes St. Pete feel like an expedition race. It's like the the preseason race before the actual one. Yeah. Um I actually kind of like it because it gives you that first race cuz I mean, although you you can be working out preseason or, you know, getting ready, uh you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you still don't get until you're on track. So it's like, you have the the first race at St. Pete, you do everything, you know, exactly what you need to work on from physically, you know, maybe, Oh, I need to work on my neck more, my, my glutes, but then also from a driving standpoint, you know, there's certain things that you can work on with the simulator, talk with your engineers. It gives you that extra time to make sure that everything's organized, even simple things like my helmet was fit weirdly in with when I plugged it in with the water, like, I yeah. mean, it's just little things like that that you can all just go over and have a lot of time to make sure everything's ready before the like actual season starts up. Sure. I guess that that
3: is a good segue to get into St. Pete. I mean, obviously, you started the season off pretty well, given it was a top ten. To, I mean, get it started. But how do you think your race went overall? Just you know, not looking at the result, like from in the car. How did you feel about it?
2: Yeah, no. From from our standpoint, if you go from behind the scenes, I thought it went very well. I think out of our whole season last year, that was probably our best race. Just from being able to make the uh, the alternate tires and the primaries last. You know, a lot of people don't don't see that when you look at from the, from the outside in. But from our side, man, we were making those tires work. We were matching the the times of Grosjean and the and the drivers up front with with the alternates. Um, we, I mean, we were always within two tenths of the time to be there. So. I mean, and we managed to make up all all the positions back. I mean, obviously, so many crashes and it was chaos. And I feel like if you look at all the crashes, I'm like somewhere there around all of them. It was like a survival race. Um, I, we were actually making a joke in the car on my radio. Um, that I, I was like a cat with with uh, nine lives. and <laughs> I was just using them up, <laughs> and then we were joking like, oh, how many do we have left now? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was it was a chaotic race, and and we have managed to survive. But in the end, we also had a really quick car. Um, even with a front wing that was like barely on there, I mean, it was like scraping on the ground, and it was all bent and destroyed. So, we I think we had our best car for sure when it comes to racing since you know I started with with Dale Coyne. So it's it was it was a really good race from my standpoint, and of course we got tenth. We still got the points in there, and we survived. So that was kind of my goal that I wanted for the season was to get consistent top ten finishes. So I bar- I barely
1: made it for the first one. So I'm I'm good to start like that. If you didn't have the penalty on Marcus Armstrong, whenever that was in the first quarter of the race, do you think you would have been kind of in that like five to 10 range potentially if things so, went your way?
2: So, if you look, um, obviously, if you I remember from what I remember with the standings being, I'm pretty sure Ray Hall was like sixth, right? Sixth or somewhere there, I'm pretty sure yeah. six, and then Callum yeah. was fifth. Um, I was right near near Ray Hall before I got the penalty, and I mean Callum was even behind us, and he managed to get fifth so and we were matching paces with the leader, so I definitely think we could have easily been there, but of course, I also believe in everything happens for a reason, so I feel like if I didn't get that penalty, I probably would have been involved in some crash later <laughs> on, and so I feel like this is probably the best result we could have gotten um yeah, I mean it was a bit unfortunate we got the penalty, but at the same time we still kept pushing. We got 10th and we knew that we had a really fast car when it comes to racing, which was something we were really struggling with last year. And it was something that we really wanted to work on for this
1: this season. Were you a little frustrated at the penalty call? <laughs> if yes, if, I, if you can say that.
2: Yes, I know. I was frustrated. I was I was very uh-huh. annoyed. Um Coming from from my side, you know they they said you know it looked like that you you missed time to pass and you cut his tire and I, they said that we wouldn't have given you the penalty if you didn't cut the tire, uh, but because you know his, his race was kind of ruined, we feel like we should you know kind of get the <laughs> get it back for me and ruin my race. But uh, coming from my standpoint, um, it kind of just. Uh, let's say you you could say like mistimed time the pass just because it caught me off guard but i wasn't expecting him to break you know halfway down that back straight sure. um and so i yeah i can't and he, obviously he was also turning in a little bit to, to kind of tie in the exit so it was all kind of just a bit of bad timing um would i say i deserved the penalty I, I really don't think so i think that was a little bit on the harsh side but uh but hey we're still kind of new to this series so <laughs> you know they're just gonna keep giving me penalties
1: so before I give it to French, you have like a generic follow-up. One of the things that the listeners are probably tired of me saying is like consistent use of the penalties, like either call them or don't call them, but be consistent every race. So if they call it tough like that, like every weekend, does it make a driver less angry? Like if they, if you know, like, okay, that's what they're going to call a penalty on this year. Like, you kind of just next time, if it happens again, you're just like, okay, you know what? They called it consistently. It is what it is.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of all you're really aiming for. Of course, yeah. you know, there's, you can. It's still frustrating. It's still annoying, but yeah. But if they're consistent with their their penalties, then yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It doesn't even have to be week weekend per weekend. It just has to be within sure. that, that race, you know, it has sure. to be very consistent with the rules. You know, if you go. It's the same thing when you're watching a soccer match. You know, when there's a ref and he's being really easy on one of the the fouls, you immediately already know that like, oh well he now the other team can kind of make a foul and they're not gonna get a yellow card because you know, he's trying to be fair on both sides. Right. So it's the same thing for for us if we can obviously keep keep it consistent, but I don't know, things change a lot. If if a, a rookie driver is involved or someone new to the series compared to Scott Dixon or Rossi, the, the rules really seem to sway. I'm just saying from my standpoint, from what I can see, it does seem to sway a little bit, and it's not necessarily consistent.
3: You don't have to answer this if this is kind of delving too deep into it, but do you get to talk to the stewards about your penalty afterwards, or do you do you have that opportunity to be like, hey, I really don't agree with what happened. Did they explain it to you, or how did that work?
2: Yeah, of course. So every, every penalty or issue I've had, even from last season, I always – came to the officials and you talked to them. I mean, of I am very close with Max Pappas, so he would, you know, explain it all to me and explain it from their end and what they saw and et cetera, et cetera. So we kind of would both work it out and then I explain it from my side. So we kind of come up with a, a conclusion and they they clear it up for me. And I actually, after the race, I saw Max at the at the airport um, and talked to him then about it. So he said he'd look into it a bit more and, and talk about it, but obviously like penalties already been done. Um, it's just for future reference. So- but overall, I mean, I'm I'm always friendly with them and whatever call they make, I you know, I, I trust them. I don't really once they say something, it's like, yeah, you know, you, I can say my, my side of it. But I know like it's been done. There's nothing to do about it. So it's but not yeah. like
1: they're going to reverse a penalty call.
2: Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if they make it. I just want to know why they did it from their side, get like some explanation for, of what they saw and then, you know, explain it from my end.
1: So a lot of people were saying, I don't know if you noticed any difference that St. Pete crowd this year was like crazy. There's a lot more people than there's ever been before. Did you notice that? I know you know throughout the road to Indy last year you've been there, you know, quite a bit, but it's hard to tell from TV.
2: Yeah, no, uh, yeah. If you were there, it was absolute chaos. There was so <laughs> many people. I mean, we had to try to get to driver intros. And I mean, we were struggling. I mean, there was so many people, and the cars were coming by. I mean, we we could barely even just fit in there, so we can get into the engine. It <laughs> was it was just so bad. If you had a scooter or whatever, like there's just no chance. You'd have to just walk and like have to push and squeeze through people because it was so packed, which was really good to see. Um, but for like a pre-race thing, it ended up being a little bit stressful because we were running a little bit late. Um, but yeah, even entering into the, into the garages or any of that, it was just so many people, which is, it's, it is cool to see. It seems that, you know, the, the marketing from, from IndyCar is, it is working
1: and people are getting interested. Yeah. I hope this newfound marketing effort kind of shows like, I'm not expecting a a Texas sellout in a couple of weeks, but I would just like to see like more people than the like 300 people that were there last year yeah especially texas i remember texas was very
2: uh was quiet not great last year i was like wow this kind of feels like a test day um (laughs) (laughs) uh, but hopefully it's a bit better this time but uh, yeah i mean honestly after the race it just looked like people didn't even know it was happening they just said that they had no idea that that was that race was in town so hopefully this year will be better
3: I I think it'll help, honestly, because if I remember from, was that last year? It feels like it was so long ago that the weather is so much better, like not in June. Because I went to the June race, I don't remember how many years ago, and it was so hot that I can understand people just not wanting to go to the race for just being like, you just sit there and you're still sweating. So March last year, and I guess it's April this year, I, I think the weather will hopefully be, you know, people can go out and still brave the... I don't know what it's going to be like in Texas in April, but hopefully not as bad as June.
1: Was last year the first year it was not like June, July, or August? I thought so. Yeah, but I can look into that real quick. Yeah. Anyway, back to Sebring. Where Sebring? God damn, St. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
0: what Florida. day it is. I
1: don't know what day it is anymore. I don't know where I am. But so let's let's get a driver's point of view on, I guess the the big talking point in the weekend: Grosjean and McLaughlin. Sports stars. They're like
0: superheroes. But
2: they're actually real.
0: Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flojo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing
3: episodes about all of them.
0: And sadly, many more.
3: Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.
1: I've heard a lot of different opinions. I've heard seen a lot of crazy stuff on social media. What's your take on what happened? So there's two ways to look at it. I would say everybody in IndyCar, once you're
2: at IndyCar, you're kind of, Oh, hold on. I don't know if you can hear my dog barking. I'm sorry, yes, but it's fine. Daniel's barking <laughs> downstairs right now.
1: Yeah, we all have okay. dogs.
2: Okay. Well, but yeah, so, you know, in IndyCar, you obviously respect all the drivers, you know, that all the drivers there are very, very good. And, you know, you could do side-by-side racing with a good percentage of the chance not, you know, I mean, there's going to be tapping at contact, but not a crash. Uh, look, at, I watched it from my standpoint, and personally, you know, you see McLaughlin go down the inside. There's a bunch of marbling on the track, which, you know, every driver knew at the time. It is, it's like ice on the inside lines. Um, he just came out of the pits on brand new tires, heavy fuel, going into that corner. Um from Grosjean's point of view, I feel like he should not have held the outside. I know, of course, why you want to do that because you don't want to give up the position. Yep. But I was kind of thinking, you know, if if he wouldn't have, if he obviously holds the outside but doesn't, you know, go side by side with McLaughlin, I just wondered if McLaughlin would have just went into the wall by himself, even if Grosjean wasn't there. Because even with Grosjean, McLaughlin was able to lean on him, tap McLaugh- tap off of Grosjean, and he still ended up going into the wall because his tires are cold. He just drove through a bunch of marbles, and he's on heavy fuel. Um, so I just feel like from Grosjean's point of view, it would have been to just kind of hang back a little bit and try to get him going into turn 10. But by that point, you know, his tires could have been there. And to make that type of decision going, you know, that split fast. I mean, he, he, yeah, yeah, he has a yeah. split second decision. So normally in that split second decision, you're like, I need to get him now before his tires are, you know, warmed up and everything. Uh, but obviously, unfortunately, from McLaughlin's side, yeah, I mean, there's not much he could do. You know, he yeah. he went in, he broke. He tried to churn. It's not churning. I mean, tires are frozen. He's been forced into the marbles, and yeah, so. It's, it, it wasn't great, but obviously the only way I think that situation could have not happened is if Grosjean didn't make that outside move. Um, but at the same time, in a decision like that, you wouldn't make it. Um, so that's, that's kind of my point of view from it, from Fair what enough. I saw. Fair enough. So are you able to get up close to... I've seen all these
3: videos, and I'm just curious about this thing. The... What is it? Like the CRV that they... Tricked out with an IndyCar engine in the back. Is your is your Honda connection allow you to ever get
2: a oh, ride in that yeah, thing or drive I it saw yourself? That. So they they did say that we we might be allowed to to drive that thing, uh, but I don't know. They might not let me
1: drive it. <laughs>
2: I don't know what the rules are on that. But yeah, I would love to do that. That thing looked really cool.
1: Yeah. So I, I heard on Rossi and Hinch were talking about it last week. It's actually like an IndyCar engine. It's a Honda, it's a it's the the base of the car is not a CRV. It's essentially just like a race car with like CRV bodywork put on top of it. But it looks pretty damn cool. So, you know, if somebody at Honda is listening and they want to let one of us drive it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. one yeah. of one of us. I think we know yeah. which one should probably take the wheel there. No, I'm just talking about you and I, Frenchie. Like we know, like Malu oh. can handle the car just fine, but like. You know if they if they want to live dangerously, we are open to the opportunity. At least I'll, I am I'll put in a a, a good word for, for okay. Honda.
2: Okay.
3: Thank I'll you. I'll just take some <laughs> some uh like passenger rides with David. I'm, I'm cool yeah. with that. I don't even I don't want to wreck that. That things too cool and like Fair whatever enough. experimental
1: for me to wreck it somewhere. So when you start out a season strong where your car's good, you had you potentially a top five top Eight car in the weekend is there a lot that you changed in your street setup from last year to this year that you know now when you're going into I guess Long Beach in a month that you know you're kind of already ahead of where you were last year at Long Beach
2: oh yeah it's night and day I mean Long Beach last year from a racing standpoint, a car standpoint was a, a kind of a disaster out of all my races. That one I think was the worst one. Um, <laughs> I really have bad memories of long beach, but I would say this year we're going to, we're going to switch that round for sure. Uh, but no, our, our street course car so much better. So, like it's just so much better from what we had last year. Um, and I'm just, you know, I was just honestly having a good time. I was really happy at qualifying. We missed out a little bit. We definitely should have qualified a lot better. Um, we also were just in a really tough group. Everybody was so close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I made a little bit of a mistake on my side on the on the lap, but uh, we also we weren't as aggressive as we should have been with the setup. We didn't think the track was going to change as much as it did, so kind of put us in the back a little bit for the qualifying. But no, our our car is really good. We just have to make sure we put it all together. And at Long Beach, that's one hundred percent that's going to happen. We're gonna we're gonna put it together there.
1: So I don't think there's much of a difference between the the red tire and the green tire. I think it's essentially the same with just a different. Color slash makeup for the sustainability thing, but is there a bigger fall off on the tire at least at St. Pete than there was last year? Because it definitely seemed like there was a different gap in in the tire strategy this year. So maybe in
2: general for other drivers, that's what they felt. But from my end, I mean, last year I made the alternates last about five laps, (laughs) and I I don't know that's just because my driving was really bad. but uh i we i mean phew. but that's kind of been the story of our our whole season was we struggle i struggled just to make the tire last so off season we really worked heavily on that and it and it seemed like it paid off i mean we made the alternates last i don't know like 30 plus laps like those things like were okay. not dying for us i mean we were just going and going it was amazing for us we were having a, a blast we were like wow like that's what kind of saved our race you know with that drive through right us making the tires last 35 laps is what managed to save us and, and put us back into a, you know, kind of fighting position. So from our standpoint, no, like the old, the new ones, like they just last and they feel great. Okay. I love them. So I mean, it might change. Obviously sure. a lot of those laps I was by myself all the way in the back without any, any, it was just, it was pl- pl- clear, just clean air. Um. So I don't know, maybe obviously racing, it'll be a bit different.
3: Obviously, a lot of people got taken out pretty early in the race, but was there anyone who maybe during the race just driving alongside them, around them, that impressed you that maybe didn't stand out in terms of getting a really super positive result from the race? Um, I mean,
2: ooh. I don't know. I mean, not... Uh, I wouldn't say... I don't know, because it's just... Is that... Because, I mean, you're with somebody for... A lap or two, but it's tough to because I don't I don't know where they were from the start or to the end. Um, I mean, I don't know. Looking back, it's anybody that I that had a good race. I mean, they had a good race, and okay. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody missing out. I could have seen. I I don't really know. Just not anybody that I, I I can remember people that I was racing against that I saw that that kind of missed out. But there probably definitely was. I just
1: I don't know who. Your teammate had a good race after having to change a front wing was it on the lap, lap yes one? They,
2: they had a front wing they also had some more damage from because they were involved in that first incident yeah. in turn three uh but you yeah, know they also had a they had a pretty good race to come back up um good strategy um they kind of i think they did a different plan to, to to a few other people and i think it paid off with the yellows so yeah, i think they managed to come back to 15th or 16th yeah 16th yeah 16th
1: yeah. which is also a good recovery so I'm gonna look ahead to Texas. You finished ninth there last year, ninth or tenth? Tenth. I'm seeing eleventh. Oh, eleventh. Yes, but But we can call it ninth. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna call. We're gonna give you two spots for (laughs) it's somewhere in there. Yeah. The the last year they had that practice where they kind of tried to groove in the the upper lane of the track with five cars running around. This year they're doing that. I think they're allowing pretty much anybody who wants to run the opportunity to run that upper groove practice. Do you think kind of looking back on last year that it's going to help at all? I know part of it is, you know, like French was saying before, weather dependent. So if it's you know 90 degrees in April, it's probably not going to matter much. But if we get another decent weather day, at least, do you think it can help again or help more? I think so. I mean, looking from last year, I think it did
2: help a little bit. Uh, at least for the race starts, it's just uh, once the race gets going and marble starts picking up, I mean, it's just there's no shot that people are going to be able to run that second line. Yeah. And I think even if every single car runs to to grip it up, I, I still don't, after five laps or so, or maybe maybe 10, um, <laughs> I don't see people going up there. I mean, I tried, I, I, I will never forget it. I tried to take daily around the outside and I did it, I don't know, after how many laps, I think it was like on the sixth, sixth or seventh lap. And I hit the marbles and my day was almost over, and I never went up there ever again for the rest of the race. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it definitely helps for sure. Race starts, it's yeah, people are gonna go up there, but other than that, I don't see it happening.
1: All right, fair enough. And I have another tire question before I give it back to Frenchie. In Gateway later this year, we're going to have an alternate compound on an oval. What do you what do you think? Good idea, bad idea? no idea yet um i think it's a good idea i mean it just adds more spice to
2: strategy that's i mean it just makes it more fun to me that's what i love about IndyCar car is all the strategy when it comes to fuel saving tire saving you could literally be last you could be first you still have a chance to win it um and it's all still up to game so the more variables you add and the more things that you can add to change i think it just makes the racing even better and it makes it feel better you know when you win it's like yeah like we actually like Everything really played out for us. We yeah. played the right strategy, so hundred percent. I think it's a good idea. Fair enough.
3: I'm just thinking still about about Texas, and obviously Takuma's is going to be back for like his first race of the season. Uh, I think we've kind of talked about how you you see him doing, but just given Ganassi's strength uh, in general and what we've seen, you know, they seem to be pretty good everywhere are, are you
2: could you see him blowing away his full-time teammates even I could see it. it really just depends on how well he does when he's you know not in the car uh because you know I of course we know he's in, insane at ovals but you know he's, <laughs> he's had he's had the ability to be in the car beforehand to make sure that he's still familiar with I mean off an off season is an offseason and for him without being in the car I was just going to go straight into it first week so if he if he gets onto it quick and he doesn't struggle from that, then yeah, I mean he's gonna be he's gonna be deadly. If if Ganassi still have the car that they had last year when it came to ovals, uh, yeah, I mean that's gonna be pretty pretty scary intense. He's um I've seen him drive. I know what he can do with the car. It's it's insane. He has a lot of confidence. He's aggressive, and him with a good good car like that, yeah, it's gonna be a little bit a little bit scary for sure. He's gonna be pretty good. <laughs> this is gonna be uh, I'm pumped yeah. for it. Um, I really yeah, can't i not wait mean, to see what he does. It's gonna be cool. I think it's gonna be really exciting. He's gonna kind of be the, like the the people, the guy who's just
1: gonna be coming in and just blowing everybody away. I think so. I like it. All right, I have one last question, non-racing related. It's been a while since you've given us a, a music suggestion on the show to add to the playlist. Ooh, what do you have for us? Good question. Um, hmm. <laughs>
2: What's the limitations on like genre? What do you guys? What was? What do you guys listen to normally? Uh,
1: listen, I'm a metal guy, so you know I'm. Oh, that in that I know.
2: Man.
3: Yeah, and I listen to everything. I mean, yeah. you can go from like jazz to R and B to rock, whatever. On my in my playlist, I have like nine thousand songs on my Spotify.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have I have quite a lot, and it's just recently there hasn't really been like a, a certain like I just kind of been random. But let me let me look through and see what catches my eye that i've really been listening to Mm. and i'm also trying to think of something that's you know away from the basic things that's you know people have been listening to
1: yeah something that's kind of like don't really expect i mean your last two suggestions are still on my gym playlist oh yeah those are good though those those are (laughs) are good for the gym
2: yeah no i want to say i I need to find something else something away from that um i've honestly recently really been into fred again so i'm going to recommend jungle by fred again i really really like that song i mean that's just been on on repeat but all of his recent songs like that he's worked with skrillex rumble uh turn on the lights again those are i i've just again is like one of my recent kind of like wow factors his boiler room um on youtube if you listen if you just go on youtube he has a boiler room it's like an hour long um really good
1: music all around
2: but that's more like kind of i mean yeah it, it could be used as like
1: gym stuff but i kind of just listen to it as like a background music all right it's on the plp driver's choice spotify playlist which i don't know if i've shared out in a while frenchy got anything
3: else no i don't think you have but i think i'd subscribe to it so sometimes i check it out just randomly
1: there's a lot of tool on there for some reason yeah that seems to be a popular one there's there is some like there's some there's some good stuff on there and there's some stuff on there that like i i I have added to the playlist because the driver tells me to and then i have not ever considered listening to it (laughs) i wish i remembered who picked what i used to have it written down but that was like three moves ago and it's no longer anywhere close to written down. So I can't, I can't even find the playlist right now. I just added it and I can't find it
2: anyway. So so, there's also this, this song it's, it's not even in English, but it's really good that (laughs) I kind of like it. It's called uh, the todas las flores. Um, It's really good. Um, You can add that to it too. It's completely out of the ordinary and not what you would expect. Um, But it kind of of all the
3: flowers. Yeah, it see. gives
2: it gives me like Ratatouille vibes. I really like it. I don't know why. All right. Okay. <laughs> I dig it. It's gonna be a random one. It's definitely right. not metal.
1: No, that's that's okay. I'm I'm not surprised. Anyway, we'll wrap it. We'll wrap it there. Enjoy the next couple weeks off. I'll see you in Texas, and yeah, enjoy a weekend of racing, guys.
0: Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport.